Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm going to just jump right into this because um, this is something that's been weighing on my heart pretty heavily. And it's this idea that as a Christian, you can continue to live however you want. And I, I, dis I disagree with it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why I disagree with it. I'm going to give you some scripture. I'm not going to go super scripture super scripture heavy on this one but i did pull out quite a bit and i guess really at the end of this you be the judge you know you, you take that up to god but the conviction i have is that as a christian i can't continue to live the way i used to i can't continue to do the things do anything and everything that i want to do as a christian and still think like oh yeah i'm good i'm going to heaven i, I i'm sorry i don't believe it and i know there's a lot of people that that say um, that believe in once saved, always saved. And I definitely understand the theological standpoint behind that. But honestly, I'm going to err on the side of caution. And if I'm just going to say it up front, like if this offends you, not my intention, but I'm, I, I love everybody that everybody that who listens to this, you know, now and in the future, I love you enough to tell you my the revelations that i've had through through reading scripture and through praying on this and and i i'm going to share it so let's just dive right in when we look at jesus's ministry right when he first starts out his ministry in matthew 4:17 this is right after john the the baptist was arrested jesus goes to you know preach to some people and this is what for matthew 4:17 says from that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In Mark, in Mark's account, it says this, Mark 1, 14, 15. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And also early in the books of Matthew, Mark and Luke, it talks about Jesus sitting with, with tax collectors and sinners and the Pharisees seeing this and then being all upset about it and asking Matthew, why does your Matthew, why does your master, you know, eat with sinners and tax collectors? And Jesus tells him, he goes, you know, it's not the, it's not the healthy that need a physician, but the sick. And he says, you know, I did not come for the righteous people. I came for the center, the sinners. Um, to to bring them to repentance for the sinners to repentance and the reality of the situation is is that we're all sinners however if we look at the word repent you see that all throughout the bible you see it in the old testament you see it in the new testament it's a very biblically sound doctrine for what we're supposed to do as believers in confession I'm just going to tell you this right now. Confession is not repentance. You saying you're sorry, asking for forgiveness is not repentance. If we look at the word repentance, it means to change one's mind or change one's purpose. And some, and another way that people will use this in context is to change one's direction. So if you're going one direction to repent, you stop and you go the other direction. And the evidence behind that is if you do some word study and you really look into it, this is some of the definitions that you'll find or some examples of how this word, the Greek word for repent is used 
in the original manuscripts. So it says, especially the change of mind of those who have begun to abhor their errors and misdeeds and have determined to enter upon a better course in life. Right? So they, they're repulsed, they're disgusted, they're, they loathe or even despise their errors and their misdeeds. So they determine, they, they start to live a better life. Another way of looking at it is to change one's mind for the better, heartedly to amend with abhorrence or to despise one's past sins. So if you truly repulse something, if you're truly disgusted by something, if you truly loathe something and despise something, are you really going to keep doing it again? In Proverbs 26, 11, it tells us as a dog returns to its own vomit, so a fool returns to his folly. So we continue, we keep doing our foolishness. We keep living in in unrighteousness. And that's another thing that Jesus said too, is, um, right? Like in, in Luke 532, I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. He, he's not here for, for the righteous. He didn't come for the righteous because they were already living the way that is upright to, in God's eyes. So, you know, if, if we were to put Proverbs 26 into context, let's say you eat something and you just can't stand it. Like it's the most disgusting thing you've ever tasted. Are you really going to go back for it again? Are you going to order that again next time? No, probably not because you just, it's, it was disgusting and you repulse it and you want nothing to do with it. That's how we should feel about our sins. That's how we should feel about our transgressions. Now, hear me on this. I'm not saying that as a Christian, you're going to, you're, you have to be completely perfect because you're not, we, we still make errors. We still have things that we need to work on. That's why it's called a sanctification process, right? It's not like salvation where as soon as you believe and you're filled with the Holy spirit, you're born again, you have salvation. Sanctification is a process. So I'm not saying you have to be perfect in all ways, but there are some sins and we'll get into that, that you can get rid of. You can choose. You can clean up your life. I'm evidence of that. I've done it. And that's not to be boastful because I don't boast in myself. As Paul says, I don't boast in me, but I boast in Christ. Christ, God was the one who, who gave me the revelations to change and to repent and move in a different direction. And when we see in the book of Acts and Peter is, is talking to the crowds, you know, they ask like, oh, and he's, he's telling them that, you know, they were living in ignorance and they kill, when they killed Jesus, the you know, the, the, the bringer of salvation, essentially. And they ask like, oh, well, what should we do? And he, repri- he replies, repent all of you and be baptized. Again, we see that word repentance, right? And, and there's some examples in the Old Testament that I'm not going to get into because I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. I'm trying to make this, this kind of short. But moving on, right? We have to repent. We have to repent of our sins. And, and here's why, and here's some more evidence of why repentance is required as a believer in Christ, as a follower of Christ, as, as someone who claims to be a, a Christian, a follower, and you know, part of the anointed or a disciple. Matthew 16, 24, G, this is Jesus speaking. If anyone desires to come after me or to follow me, let him deny himself take up his cross, and some manuscripts say take up your cross daily 
and follow me. So Jesus said, in order to follow me or in order to come after me, you have to deny yourself. You have to take up your cross daily and follow me. And, and what that means is that we have to put away our own selfish ambitions. We have to put away things of the world. We have to put away things of the flesh. We have to take up our cross and live an uprighteous life and follow the example that Jesus, Jesus gave. Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, follow me as I follow Christ or follow my example as I follow Christ's example. That's an extension of this. We have to follow Jesus. If we want to come after him, if we want to you know, make it to salvation, because Jesus clearly says in the gospel, nobody comes to the Father except through me. We have to follow Jesus. And, and live in this, in this world of carnality of like, oh, yeah, I can still do whatever I want as a Christian. It's wrong. It's wrong. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Ephesians 2 talks about this. It talks about being... It talks about being dead in our trespasses and dead in our sins. And, and actually, you know what? I'm just going to read it. Ephesians 2, starting at verse 1. And you were dead in trespasses, in the trespasses and sins which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of power of the air, the devil, and the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. That's, that's essentially the, the, the spirit of Antichrist. Along with whom... We all once lived, check that, once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God being rich in mercy because of great love, which he, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And raise us, uh, by grace, you have been saved. And raised us up with him, seated us with him in heavenly places in Jesus Christ, so that in the coming age, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not as a result of work, so that no man can boast. And this is a very, very common. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 are very, very common when it comes to, to salvation. Because scripture literally says it's by grace that we've been saved through faith, right? So our belief is is what saves us, right? It's not our actions. However, I don't believe, and, and, and maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I, I truly do. But I, tr I believe to my core that faith without faithfulness is not faith at all. And, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure in James, James says that faith without works is dead. And what he's saying is that 
as a, as a Christian, there are things that we should be doing and things that we should not be doing. And if we have true faith, then we will be faithful. We will pick up our cross. We will deny ourselves and we will follow Jesus daily. We will get rid of our carnality, our, our, our worldly mindset. And we'll stop living for the world and living for the flesh and living in the spirit of God and living for Jesus Christ. Okay, moving on. Romans 12, 1, 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, by testing that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I absolutely love this verse. Romans 12.2 Do not be conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By testing that you may discern the will of God and upholding, in essentially upholding his good, acceptable, and perfect will. I'm telling you right now, living in con- continued sin and choosing that lifestyle, that is not good and that is not acceptable to God. It's, 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 you're not renewing your mind at all. You're dead in your trespasses still. So I would question, and I would even challenge the fact, and this is probably going to upset or convict some people, that can you truly say you're a believer, that you're a faithful believer when you haven't completely let go of your carnality and you're still living in that life? You know, Jesus even said that, that you're, you, you confess me with your mouth, but your hearts are far from me. Okay. Titus 2, 11 through 14. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness. Did you catch that? Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age waiting for our blessed hope, which is Jesus coming back. The the second coming, when Jesus comes back and, and reestablishes everything and, and Christians, as, as Christians, we're called up to heaven with him. The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us for all all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people of his own possession, who are zealous for good works. Catch that, zealous for good works, not zealous for worldly things, not zealous for carnality. Moving on, and, and this is part of, I know I keep cutting it off, but this is part of uh, this passage too. He follows in with after who are zealous with good works by saying this, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anybody loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For... All of that is in the world is the desires of the flesh or the lust of the flesh, the desires of the eyes or the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. It is not from the father, but it is from the world and the world is passing away with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Titus just told us that living in the world, living in a carnal mindset thinking like, oh, I can still live my life however I want and do whatever I want that is ungodly, that does not abide in God's will. 
That is not part of God's will. That's, that's not part of being upright and godly and self-controlled. Romans 8, 1 through 13. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Jesus Christ, who do not walk according to the flesh. Catch that. There's no condemnation to those who live in Jesus Christ, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law, for the law of the spirit of life in Jesus Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeliness of sinful flesh. So what this is saying is that under the Mosaic law, right, there were 613 laws. And the reality is, is that we could never, people were never able to keep all of those laws. People were never able to fulfill all of those laws because we're weak in our flesh, because we battle against the flesh. We have our, our natural sinful nature that came from us, that came onto all mankind from the fall of mankind. From, it, it all started with Adam and Eve. So because of that sinful nature, we weren't able to uphold all 613 commands. And that's why Jesus came to the earth. That's why Jesus came as the the um it's the word i'm looking for the physical representation of god because he was fully god but also fully human he felt emotions he felt pain he felt everything that we feel on a daily basis so god literally came down from heaven in the flesh to fulfill the law because it took it it, it took a a human and god to 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 fulfill that right like jesus said i did not come to abolish the law i came to fulfill the law so he came to fulfill the law on our behalf he sent his own son right in the famous verse john three sixteen. like on this okay so let's, let's get back into this before i go on a tangent god did by sending his own son in the likeliness of sinful flesh on account of sin he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in who does not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, and those who live by this according to the spirit set their minds on things of the spirit. For, for to be carnally minded is death. And that, world car, that word carnally means worldly, all right? So to be worldly minded, to be concerned with the things of the world is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God. So having the, the a worldly mindset is actually hostile against God. That's what this is saying. A carnal mindset is enmity against God. So having a worldly mindset means you're actually hostile against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So when you're living in the flesh, you cannot please God. Scripture says it right here. And again, this is Romans 8. You can go look it up for yourself. Continue on Romans 8. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. 
Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. So if you have not been born again, if you do not have this Holy Spirit that dwells within you, you are not, you're not of Christ. That's what this is saying. He is not his. So if you do not have the Holy Ghost within you, you don't belong to Jesus. You don't belong to God. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. We're going to talk about this a little bit more. But if the spirit of him, Jesus, God, right? But if the spirit of Jesus, who is, or the spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we as debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So what he's saying is like in, in, in the end, right? Because obviously we're all alive right now in this worldly experience. But if we live by the flesh, when we, when we die, we're going to be separated from God. We're not going to be with God. That's what he's saying. That when you are of the flesh, you die. You will not have eternal life. But if we live by the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the righteousness of God, then in the end, we will have eternal life. Okay, this is going to be my last scripture. There's plenty of other ones, but I'll, I'll, I'll end here. Galatians five sixteen to 24. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. All right, so the, what the flesh wants, it contradicts the spirit. And what the spirit wants, it contradicts the flesh. They're at war with each other. So again, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do or the things you should not do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery or witchcraft, enmity, hatred, strife, jealousy, fits of anger or fits of rage, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you. As I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Okay, we're going to unpack a little bit on this one. Let's let's go back to, I don't know, verse 17, 18. I took the numbers out, so I don't know for sure. But again, Galatians 5, starting at verse 16. If we if we were down a little bit, we see that you know the, the flesh opposes the spirit, the spirit opposes the flesh. And this is to if we live by the spirit, this is to keep us from doing the things that we want to do or keep us from doing the things we shouldn't do. All right? The 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 lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the, the lust of the eyes, 
that is what we combat against every single day. And when we choose to live in sin over and over and over, you're not, you're not, you're not a changed person. You don't have a repented heart. And that's the reality. Like if, if you were choosing to do things over and over and over willfully saying like, ah, you know what? This isn't a big deal. Jesus died for my sins. I'm going to go watch some pornography and I'll just ask for forgiveness later. That's not repentance. Repentance is turning from your wicked ways. Because when you, when you believed in Christ, you became a new creation. You became Christ-like. You have the mind of Christ, right? You, you, got, you can't, I'm just going to say this, and if this hurts some feelings, I hurt some feelings, but I'm going to say it because I love you. You cannot call yourself a Christian. And, and the word Christian actually comes from the Greek word. I think it's pronounced like Christianos. Christianos, depending on where, you're, where you get your information from, it'll say follower of Christ. It'll say Christ-like. It'll say uh, little Christ. It'll say you know disciple. It'll say anointed. Um, there's, there's a lot of different definitions based on that word depending on where you go to get your information. Even if you Google it, it's going to give you a bunch of different definitions. But the reality is if we look at the word Christian in the context of us, right, as, as Christians or even in the Bible, it's somebody who follows the example of Christ. Again, 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Follow my example as I follow Christ's example. Follow me as I follow Christ. You can't go on living in a carnal mindset, feeding your flesh, and think that it's okay. It's not. I'm in, And there are people out there in the faith that are like, oh yeah, you're good. You can live however you want. Just ask for forgiveness. No. No. And like I said, guys, like I, I, at the end of the day, I, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. Because if that's the case, more people are going to get into heaven. But the reality is, is that's not how I see scripture. That's not the, the revelations that have been given to me. If you've listened to my testimony, I've talked about, I've committed adultery. I've, I've done drugs. I've done tarot cards. I've done pendulums. I've done, I was, I was a Reiki master. I've done, you know, I, I was a, a compulsive liar. I was a compulsive liar. I had the mouth of a sailor. I constantly lived in my flesh. I constantly craved the things of the world. I was jealous. I was so overridden with anger that literally dropping something out of my hand would set me off. I wasn't living in the spirit because at that point I didn't have the spirit of God. But truly, whenever I was, I was saved and I had that revelation. And one of the other definitions I like from the word faith, if you do a word study, is faith is actually described from a revelation from God. It's more than just believing. True faith is more than just believing. It's having like a true revelation of Jesus. And when you have a true revelation with Jesus, when you have a true encounter with Jesus Christ, it changes you. Are we still going to struggle with things? Absolutely. Again, it's a sanctification process. But we have the choice. Do we live by the flesh or do we live by the spirit? And if you live by the flesh, I don't know. I don't know if I believe in this whole once saved, always things kind of, once saved, always saved kind of thing. 
because there's also scriptures that say that in the later days, people would depart from the faith. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I don't think that you can say you're saved. You can say you're a Christian and continue to live a life of the world, continue to live a carnal mindset, continue to live a flesh, and there not be consequences. Because on the day of judgment, we're going to have to give an account for everything that we do and say. Right, the, the, the fruit of the Spirit, right? This is how we should live. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against those things, right? Like against such things, there is no law. The, the greatest two commandments that Jesus said is love God and love others. Be at peace, have patience, be kind to people, be good to people. And, and good is a very subjective word, right? Because you could think something's good and I could think it's awful. Um, be faithful. Faithful to your word. Faithful to God. Faithful to God's word. Faithful to a spirit that leads you, that produces these fruit within you, and self-control. If you don't think it's possible to live a, a life lim- with like limited sin, and and I'm I'm using the word limited very loosely. I just can't think of another way to describe it, okay? Because I'm very, very far from perfect. I make mistakes all the time, daily. Um, but you have a choice is what I'm trying to get at. You can choose to watch pornography or you can stop. Because I don't I don't think that by living in the flesh, you're going to be okay. I just, I, I don't. We have to do, going back to Titus, right? Zealous for good works. Well, what are those good works? That's producing fruit. That's producing good fruit. The fruits of the Holy Spirit. You can't, if you're married, you can't just go around, keep sleeping with people and be like, ah, after I do it, I'm just going to ask for forgiveness. It doesn't work like that. You can't call yourself truly saved if you continue to return to your own vomit. Don't be a fool. As a Christian, as someone who truly believes in God, we have to be changed. And that sometimes that change takes process. I get that. It's, it's a process, right? But if we're continuing to do the same things over and over and over, like if you like to steal and then you come to God and you're like, oh, I'll just keep stealing. It's okay. It's not. Thou shalt not steal. It's not. It's not okay. I'm, I'm, again, guys, I'm, I'm saying this because I love you. And the reality is, is that as a Christian, you cannot go on living your life in the flesh. You cannot go on living your life in a carnal mindset. You can't go on doing these things. God will God will forgive anything. All right, hear me on this. God will forgive anything, but he also checks your character. He also checks your heart posture.
we have to live uprighteous. We have to live upright, righteous, and godly lives. We have to be self-controlled. I used to cuss like a sailor. I was, I was in the Marine Corps. Like every other word was, you know, the F word. And I, I actually did a video on this recently. If you've listened to it about cussing, it's possible to stop cussing. It's possible to get free and let go of pornography. I've done it. It's possible to let go of drugs. It's possible to let go of alcohol. It's possible to stop being greedy. It's possible to stop having just crazy outbursts of anger. It's possible to live a better life. It's possible to let go of the lust that is overtaking you. I'm an example of that. And again, guys, I am far from perfect. I still have a lot of things that I need to go through in order to to continue to be purified. I'll never be perfect. There was only one man on this earth that was perfect, and his name is Jesus Christ. But you have a choice to sin or not sin. And yeah, I get it. Like we're human. We have emotions. We have things that we we fight against, right? If you're put into a situation where it just really upsets you and then all of a sudden you blow up, ask for forgiveness and have true repentance of Lord. I I don't, you know, I I need help with this. I struggle with this. This is something I had to do. And do I still have have moments where I get upset? Absolutely. But I'll tell you what, I'm not cussing people out anymore. I'm not throwing things. I'm not degrading people to make myself feel better. I'm not cutting people down with my words. Improvement is possible if you submit yourself to God. Submit yourself, therefore submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It's possible, guys. And my biggest fear, the reason I'm bringing this up is because my biggest fear is that if me and and some other people that that I align with theologically are right, there's going to be a lot of Christians who say they're a Christian that aren't going to make it. And truly, at the end of the day, I hope I'm wrong. But the way I interpret Scripture, the way I read it, the way that the revelations come to me, I don't buy it. I don't buy that you can live however you want as a Christian, as a godly person, and still make it to heaven. At that point, there's an argument of, were you truly saved? And it's possible for people to backslide. It's possible for people to come to the faith and then backslide. I've seen it in my own life with people I know personally. And it sucks. So then there's the argument of, well, if if they were truly, then, then maybe they weren't truly saved. And maybe not. I don't know. But this is something that's been very heavy on my heart and something I've been praying about for over a week. And I just, I I had to make this video. Truly because I love you guys and I want you to step into another level of of anointing. You can stop sin. You can stop a lot of the things because you control a lot of the things. You're never going to be perfect. Because if we were perfect, then we wouldn't need God's grace, right? Then Jesus died for nothing. But you have the ability to exercise self-control through the Holy Spirit and change your life. Change your life for the better. Get rid of that wickedness. Get rid of the lust of the flesh. Get rid of a carnal mindset. Jesus even said, don't, don't worry about the things of this world, but, but, face your, but you know, 
face your eyes towards the kingdom of heaven. Seek the kingdom of heaven first and everything else will fall into place. So this is this is my my call to action for you. If you're if you are claiming to be a Christian, claiming to be a born again believer, but still choosing sin, stealing, committing adultery, choosing to watch pornography, not really having any conviction about it, then I would question if you even have the Holy Ghost within you. If you're truly saved, because the Holy Spirit is going to give you those convictions that you need to stop. And that's where the change comes from. And I get sometimes it's a process, especially when it comes to to breaking off pornography addictions. Because the way that the chemicals release from your brain, you get like a high and a low at the same time. And it fuses in your brain and your body craves that. It's like being on cocaine and meth at the same time. All right, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna end it here. But oh, actually, you know what? One one more thing. If you're one of those people that is saying like, "Oh, hey man, you're good. You're covered by the blood. Just do whatever you want. It'll be all right." Stop. Like truly, from the bottom of my heart, stop telling people that. They're, like this whole, I love this term, gummy bear Christianity. This soft Christianity. Stop it. Re- pick pick up your Bible. If that's what you truly believe, you're not reading this thing enough. You're not in your word enough. If you truly believe that you can live life however you want, pick this thing up. Because God is the same then, now, and forever. So all the all the stuff in the Old Testament, yeah, we're not under the Mosaic Law anymore. However, there's a lot of wisdom in the Old Testament. There's a lot of wisdom in the New Testament. It, it, this, this is the guidebook of how we're supposed to live in Christians. And nowhere in here does it say live how you want. It says deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow Jesus Christ. All right, guys. I went way longer than I wanted to, but I had to get this on my chest. All right, as always, I love you and God bless.